Welcome to a brand new episode of the Soul Blazers podcast. Co-hosts Amanda Ware, our Christmas queen and founder of Hello Holidays, and Dr. Carol Osborne, our multi-venture guru, are ready to sit down and share their stories, insights, and wisdom to inspire aspiring trailblazers like you who are gearing up to start your own business, seeking personal growth, or looking for that spark to set your soul ablaze. This year with Hello Holidays, I'm really completely changing how I look at what we're doing. This is a revamp year and how I use my time. And in the past, I immediately go from zero to 100 and I'm exhausted and Christmas comes and I don't really enjoy my Christmas and I'm ready for it to be over, which is so opposite of the past. And so this year, um, I've talked to you about self-preserving my time and what that looks like and not pleasing everybody and not being afraid to say no and having hard conversations which is not my nature (laughs) and can we talk about how i love how kara looks at time it makes it where time is not something i'm stressed about yeah so i think time like money we tend to approach from a scarcity uh, mindset if we never have enough time, we're always out of time, we're always behind, we're always in a rush. Um, this is another thing that uh, Gay Hendricks has really helped with the author in books like The Big Leap and Conscious Luck is talking about, um, he actually goes as far as to call it Einstein time, but to look at time from a relative standpoint and says, You'll never have enough time to do things you don't want to do, and you'll always have enough time to do the things you do want to do. But for me, I somehow, through life, got the message or internalized the message that my time does not belong to me, that my time, that everyone else is more entitled to my time than I am. And... You know, if somebody needed something or wanted something, and I don't know if it's from being a mom or from being a midwife, but that, you know, I owed people my time. And really working to reconfigure my own perception of time to a place of, you know, my time belongs to me and I get to spend it however I want. And yes, there are people who depend on me, my family, certainly my children, and they need things from me. And also, it's rarely urgent. So a sense of urgency can come from trauma, it can come from just culture. Uh, Certainly, I think our ways that we interact with our electronic devices creates a sense of urgency. Email doesn't have to be answered the second it comes in. Text messages don't have to be answered the second they come in. You don't have to pick up the phone every time, you know. Okay, you were talking about Einstein time and that our time is ours. And then Kara just moved into this beautiful new home and there are people everywhere doing stuff. And she just said, yeah, I'm talking about owning my time. And then someone walks in. How do you do that when you feel like people are pulling you in all directions And you're like, oh, Kara, sure, you want to say you own your time, but you don't have all the text messages and the phone calls and the emails. And as your friend, I can say, Kara has triple the more phone calls, text messages, and emails. And you, so can you talk to us about taking back your time? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm just now kind of working on it, but I think it, as I'm shifting my mindset, it's incredibly freeing to just, I didn't realize that I didn't feel that way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, sometimes you read something and you're like, you know, just that feeling of like, oh, I definitely do that. And it's the sense, and, you know, so for the fir- my first profession as a midwife, I was on call for years, and I really was required to be available 24 hours a day, not usually seven days a week, but when I was on call, I was on call, and, you know, it really was urgent and it really was you know sometimes life and death and that created this uh, regulation of my central nervous system to be in fight or flight kind of all the time and I had no idea how reactive I was I had no idea that I felt this sense of like everything has to be addressed immediately until I started to really like take note and name it and cue it back and say, you know, it's okay if somebody has to wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I'll get to it when I can get to it. And I do think, yet again, it's something that those of us who have a blind spot around self-preservation are particularly prone to in so much as, you know, if somebody asks me for something, but I need to pee or I'm hungry, I will go do whatever it is and put off like my own basic physiology, you know, and why, you know, just because, right? Just because it's habit. Uh, I think it's, it's, I don't, I could be wrong, but I feel like it might be a Southern thing of us saying God first, other second, yourself last. And as I can see the plan for that. I can see that. I can see why people will take that so literally. Yet, you can't know God and you sure can't know other people if you don't know oneself. And so since I've always been someone who is everybody else, I'm worried about what everybody else is doing. It's so much, it's fair to know what everybody else is doing. What can I do for everybody else? What can I be, who can I be with next? Now that I've had this time, it's like, oh my gosh, life is so much better and I can love you so much better when I do give myself that time, and if the worst thing is a feeling, like we said earlier, if I don't text back or if I don't read that group text at all because I know it's not going to be something I have to look at that minute, the worst thing is someone gets their feelings hurt that I didn't give them my time. And But when I do see them, I am going to be fully present because I'm not going to be on my phone when I'm talking to them, and I'm going to give them my 100%. And that's something that shifted now that I have learned to take back control. I'm not great at it yet, but I'm a work in progress. Relationships are a work in progress. Taking back your time is a work in progress. Oh, totally. And I think, you know, there are periods in life when it's more and less possible, and even knowing that helps create you know, just some structure and some boundaries around how you use your time. If you really get down to brass tacks, time is the only truly non-renewable resource. The only thing you can't make more of is time. 
we don't know how much time we've got on the planet for sure. Any of us could drop dead any minute, but your time necessarily moves in a linear fashion. We're all getting older. We're mm -hmm. all moving toward having less time than we did when we started. And so just really seeing it as something that's valuable and using it intentionally. I mean, I think with everything that I'm doing at this point, it's the effort to be intentional and not reactive and not coming from a place of sort of habit or unconscious um, action, really trying to be thoughtful about how I use whatever the resource is, time being a big one. And it's okay to rest with your time. It's okay to rest. Uh, you and I are listening, or actually, I'm listening to a podcast. You might have all listened to it. It's Wiser Than Me with Julia Louise Dreiskel, who was, is that how to say her name? Dreiskel, what is it? Dreiskel? Julia Louise Dreyfus. Dreyfus, that's it. She, I didn't watch Seinfeld, so I didn't know, I didn't really know her, but her podcast is so good. She literally just interviews all these amazing women that are, in their, they call it, as Jane Fonda calls it, the third act of life. You and I are in our second act of life. Uh, Abby's in her first act of life still. And talking about that, it's really helped me, like, take ownership of my time and use it more wisely and not feel guilty when I don't because that's okay, too. Yeah, I mean, I think it just is... Um Again, just a subtle shift in your thinking to understand that your time belongs to you, and if you're not using it in a way that you want, there's nobody to blame for that. It's not everybody sure. else's fault. Oh, good one. It's your own internal barometer. It is not your kids who are taking all your time or your community or your friends or whatever. Your job. It's not your profession, your work, it is never those external things taking time from you. You are choosing to give those things your time. You know, just that, just that subtle shift mm. of like, time belongs to me, and therefore I am solely responsible mm -hmm. for how I spend it. Mm -hmm. Rather than being in this place of resentment, of like, oh, that took forever, or, I mean, even the DMV, right? The DMV is still a choice. Like, I go to the DMV because I need something from them, right? Mm -hmm. I need to renew my registration or whatever. Like, you know, I am choosing to devote as much time as it takes to get this thing accomplished. Is still a more positive place to sit or think from than... I'm obligated, this takes forever, this is time I'd rather be doing something mm -hmm. else. It's like, you know, if you see yourself as um, having choice and being in charge, that's always a more empowered position than feeling like you're the victim or the dependent or something is being taken from you. That's so, okay, you just saying that reminds me of like when they started doing delivery and I was like, this is the best thing ever. Why wouldn't everybody get their, their groceries delivered? Like, I do not want to go to the grocery store. That sounds exhausting. And then I would say that, and people would not do it. And then they'd say, I have to go to the grocery store. I'm like, oh, you enjoy going to the grocery store. 
because but you're complaining about it but you really enjoy it because it's an easy fix you know you can do delivery so understanding what you do enjoy doing and doing this I think that a self audit James they talk and this wiser than me doing a self audit of what you do enjoy what bring in what you don't and you might learn about yourself if you do that for a while like I didn't realize my phone and checking it all the time as much as I thought that was dopamine releasing it was definitely not I am still rested from a weekend of not turning my phone off and it's been seven days later and I am I'm still ready to go I don't need a vacation so, or I don't need the weekend for the first time, and I know it was because I give my phone too much of my attention. Yeah, and, and you know that point about a self audit's a good one. You know, if if you want to see what your priorities are, look at what you spend your time on. You know, like a real critical audit of how you spend the minutes in your day tells you what your priorities are. Yeah. Yeah. And you might look at it and say, well, but that's not really that important to me. Okay, well, if it's not that important to you, why are you spending so much time on it? Yeah. And then why are you complaining that you're too busy? That's right. I mean, <laughs> I, the busy trap is... Oh, Abby said we're calling her out. I was looking at Abby like, is that harsh to say that to on like in real life? And she's thinking it personal. Abby, we're not talking yeah, about you can't... She's a two, she can't help it. Uh, but that's a real thing, right? Is like the busy trap or, and certainly if you get to the place where you feel resentful about being mm. busy, that's on nobody but you. Yeah. So if you have ever committed your time because you feel like someone else needs your time more than you do, I would really encourage you to go back and like look at that really closely because none of us are truly irreplaceable. So whatever the activity is that you think, like, you know, nobody else could teach that 8 a.m. Sunday school class, or nobody else could host that dinner party, or nobody, well, the world will not stop turning, I promise, if the dinner party just doesn't get done. Yeah. And I promise you somebody else well, will yeah. prepare the Sunday school class. Yeah. You know, it isn't true. It's that, true. You know, we fall into these traps of like, oh, if I don't do it, who mm -hmm. will? Oh, or if I don't do it, it just won't get done. Or so, my kid will suffer if I'm not there. My husband will suffer if I'm not there. When really, we, suffer, we make ourselves suffer. And when we do that, they end up suffering in the long run, too. Right? funny because in fact like we think of it as being like selfless and I do think you're right that in the south women are really conditioned to put other people's needs ahead of their own always and maybe that's not just the south maybe that's just generally but the idea that being selfless is so important is really kind of backward right because that's saying that everyone else needs you so desperately and is that not in some ways quite egotistical to think that like I am so important to this other person's success that they just couldn't possibly you know move the ball without me there that's subconscious because it feels like those who are that way really don't think they're that they don't it's almost like they don't think they're that important sometimes like they're you know they're yeah, it's and a so, tangled web, yeah. right? It's like... It's a cycle. It's like, 
I don't think I'm important to myself, but I do think I'm really important to my husband mm-hmm, or my kid mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. They depend on mm-hmm. me. Well, I mean, do they really? And if they do, is that because they really can't do it themselves or have you become a crutch? Mm. Because truthfully, each of us should be mostly, except for little kids, depending on ourselves. And if there's something that someone's really, really dependent on you for, is that because you've created that from that mm-hmm. like enabling codependent place mm-hmm. because it feels good to you to be needed? Or is that truly because they can't do it from themselves? Because the quickest way for somebody to learn to do something for themselves is to have to do it. Oh, yeah, totally. And I and that's one thing you and I have talked about. We, we are fine being someone's crutch, but a crutch is not supposed to be used all the time, that's right. uh, forever. That's huge. That's good stuff. And honestly, when we take care of ourselves, for me especially, I can come back and be like a big charge for everyone else. And I think that most people are that way, right? Yeah, I think so. And I just think like, you know, for me anyway, making the shift around how I spend my time has helped me do everything I do from a place of like, I chose this Mm -hmm. and I'm happy to be Mm -hmm. here. Totally. Instead of a place of like, I can't wait for this to be over. How much longer? I feel obligated. Not to make an yeah. appearance. You find all the bad things that are happening. Right. It is. It's a spiral. Yeah. So, you know, it's good for me, but it's good for everybody around me because I'm bringing a positive outlook and you know positive energy into whatever I do show up for. Yeah. Oh, that's good stuff. Time is our most valuable resource. Yeah, it's the only truly non-renewable resource. It's the only true non. Yeah, that's good. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Soul Blazers podcast. Kara and Amanda, your soul blazing big sisters, are just laying the foundation for all of the amazing things to come. If you want to stay up to date on new episodes, be notified of any discounts, or get a glimpse of what we are working on behind the scenes, go to soulblazers.com and subscribe to our newsletter. Until next time, Soul Blazers.